Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of For the Good of the Game, a unique podcast dedicated to providing football insights and life skills. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, guys, JD coming to you with another episode of For the Good of the Game. We are really excited today. On the phone with me is Coach Mark Evans. Coach has been the head coach at uh, Mannheim Township High School since the summer of 2012. He is a school counselor and the head football coach. He led the Blue Streaks to a 12-2 and record and a trip to the PIAA 6A semifinals recently. He's had a very, very successful head coaching career in addition to being a counselor. And so, you know, really want to talk about today uh, a little bit, not only coaching, but also leading young people through the counseling forum, as it were. So, first of all, Coach, welcome to the program. Really appreciate you coming and taking your time to do this. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the good job and the great work you're doing for the good of the game. <clears throat> well, I appreciate it, Coach. I, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna touch on a few things going backwards a little bit, and then I want to get to two really main topics for you. I, I want to talk about reaching and touching young people um, from the from the counselor standpoint at the high school level, and then specifically, I also want to talk about coaching your own children. Um, I, I obviously uh, your son's playing for you has been a huge part of your life. I was fortunate enough to come to a game several years ago uh, with our uh, our good buddy Todd Moore to come watch the the team play and 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 you coach. And uh, I want to touch on those two things. But if we could, I'd like to go back and talk a little bit about your start in football from the time you hit the high school level, going to the com- uh, the community college, and then on to University of Miami. Uh, where you were a, if I recall correctly, a two-time national champion. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I was uh, part of two national championship football teams in 1987 and 1989. I was very fortunate to have that experience. Um, going back to high school, uh, I didn't go out for football until I was a senior in high school. Uh, and wow. I use that story quite quite often to connect with kids that have always thought about doing it and never following through. Um I was very fortunate to fall in love with the game when I did. Uh, I do wish I would have played more years when I was in high school, uh, but I certainly use that in my practice when I'm trying to get young men to to come out and take advantage of the teachings that football has to offer because I wouldn't be the man I am today without um, the game in my life. There's no doubt about it. When you talk about for the good of the game, uh, the game has so many more positives than negatives. And um, I went to junior college out in Arizona, Uh, having taken uh, uh, basically no experience with me in the game of football other than being part of the team my senior year. Went to junior college out in Arizona for the Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes. Uh, Started both years out there and uh, was very blessed to receive a full scholarship offer from Jimmy Johnson to play at the University of Miami. And uh, I was very fortunate to be a, a backup offensive lineman. Uh, in in that offense uh, and with Dennis Erickson and Jimmy Johnson and um, got to participate in uh, all the the great opportunities that the University of Miami at that time afforded me along with a free education. And I use that in my practice too on a daily basis, that sports can open doors for you that maybe wouldn't normally be open. Um, Then I went and pursued my master's degree at Shippensburg University in school counseling uh, during that time, while I was on the road, I met a, 
gentleman who asked me to go over to Italy and be a player coach in Italy for six months, and I got to see the world and got to teach the game of football and got paid to do it and got to play again. And uh, then I came back and settled into a coaching career at the college level at Division Two for three years at Shippensburg and uh, four years at Lebanon Valley College Division Three. Uh, was a high school assistant for one year, and at the age of 30, I became a head football coach, and I've been doing that ever since. So I'm pretty blessed to uh, have been a head football coach for 22 years and have uh, my huddle has grown exponentially every year uh, with each play, with, with each passing group. Uh, I talk about my huddle, and it continues to expand, and uh, I really, really, really enjoy what I do. And the biggest thing I like to say, John, is I get to do this. Everybody has a choice, and you don't have to go to work, but you get to go to work. And, and I don't really consider this work. I consider this uh, a great opportunity and a blessing to be a difference maker. And I'm very passionate about it, and, and I really try to emphasize it in my practice with, with all of my students, that you get to do this. I get to do this every day, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I, I, I love that perspective. You know, Tony Robbins famously says, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. To have that privilege, if you will, and hold it in that regard that you can impact young people, in your case, young people on a daily basis, both on and off the field is pretty phenomenal. Let's go back to that uh, uh, that that youngster, that youngster head coach at the age of 30, uh, heading out to be the head coach at Eastern Lebanon County High School, Elko. Um, talk a little bit about the, the success and how you started building your current philosophy that carries you forward on a day-to-day basis. Well, I, I think first and foremost, it's about relationships. And, and I think the greatest compliment your players can give you is to give them, for them to give you everything they got for 48 minutes. Uh, and that's what we talk a lot about. You have 48 minutes to play and a lifetime to remember. Uh, we've been talking about that for many, many years. And uh, I was blessed to have some incredible relationships with, with both coaches, players, uh, parents, uh, colleagues uh, for those 14 years during my development as a head football coach. And there's always a, a level of on-the-job training that goes with it. You might think you're ready to be a head coach, but there's always – I'm always learning. Even today at the age of 52 and 22 years going into my 23rd year as a head football coach, I'm still learning. And uh, that's what helps you keep your edge and keeps you sharp and keeps you focused. But, but the bedrock to my program is, has always been about relationship building. And, and even more so today, it's about understanding the stories. Well, every kid comes to you with a different story. And you have to try to understand that it's not the, the old days of fire and brimstone, grab a guy by the face mask, the, the, the sheer like physicality of that. It's now about more of, what's their story, you know, um, and I've seen my coaching evolve over the last 22 years, but the, the, the main constant has been about building relationships and letting them know uh, how much you care about them as, as human beings and helping them on their journey to manhood or to adulthood, let's put it that way. Um, that's always been one of my biggest philosophies is uh, being that role model and building a relationship with them and a lot of those relationships to this day are still are still uh, really awesome. It's getting to see them become men. And as a football coach, you don't really get to see your product until five or six or seven or eight, nine years after they leave you and the fa- kind of fathers they become and the husbands that they become and, and uh, what they get to do in their, their working life and, and hearing their success. Um, 
you get to see what kind of, a, of an impact you made at that point in time. And, and uh, I feel really, really good about the, the, the growth of my huddle over the last 22 years as a head football coach. I absolutely love that, that concept and that perspective of the huddle. Let me, let me just use that as a great segue for those that are listening. Um, coach Evans was also the past president of the Pennsylvania Scholastic Football Coaches Association. And during his tenure there, he came and spoke at a clinic that I did. And I was so impressed with uh, the, the things that he presented. Mark, if you would talk a little bit about that experience in terms of growing that huddle a little bit uh, with regard to relationships in your chosen vocation, if you will, as a coach and the brotherhood of coaching. How did that help you kind of expand your reach a little bit and grow as a person and as a coach as you interacted with those coaches in the association? Oh, it, 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 ultimately you hear a lot of stories about coaching and it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that, that expand, expand, ever-expanding network, that brotherhood is probably what I would like to call it. You know, we, we call our team a brotherhood and uh, we, we talk about my huddle, but it, but ultimately it's the brotherhood. And um, from former players that are friends, former former um, coaches that were on staff with me, or guys that I've gotten a chance to build a relationship uh, in, through the association, or going to speak at a clinic like yours, and and again getting an opportunity to to uh, with a friend and maybe influence a person is always. Uh, something that I try to talk to our kids about life skills and essential skills is never pass up the opportunity to try to win, win a friend and influence a person and get to know somebody and step outside your comfort zone. Uh, so those are life skills that we're, we're constantly teaching. And at the game of football has been uh, an integral part of my life of teaching me those lessons. And I'm trying to, to give back those lessons to my guys now. I think that's phenomenal. And, and, Again, just for the benefit of the listeners, one of the things that um, I loved about uh, Coach Evans' presentation when he came to the clinic was he talked about the various themes that he would set each year for his team and how he would employ those but also use those as leverage to get kids on board and buy-in. And there were a variety of different projects and, and themes that he had come up with over the years, and it was awesome to hear him share those. And there was a lot of note-taking going on from coaches in the room uh, even including guys that were at the collegiate level at that point um, that uh, benefited from that discussion. So I want to step forward, if you will, Mark, when you talk about um, <clears throat> the experience you had at Elko, obviously uh, uh, the, the degree of success that you had, and then coming on board at Mannheim Township, um, ha as you've grown as a coach, and how do you basically take from the experiences that you have as a counselor during the day dealing with maybe non-athletes or athletes in other sports in the school. Uh, and then your team, when you go into that immediate huddle of the football team uh, with the blue streaks at Mannheim Township, how do you kind of blend all of that uh, in terms of what you choose to apply from day-to-day counselor-type life skills stuff onto the field when you step in between the lines with your players? Well, I, I call them teachable moments. And um, we're always never pass up the opportunity to teach something, whether it be a life lesson, whether it be a football lesson, whether it be an essential skill. Um, I'm very passionate about arming our young people uh, in the building, outside the building, on the field, off the field. I'm arming them with um, uh, skills that hopefully will, will help them on their journey towards adulthood. 
So I, I think coaching and being a counselor are it's a, it's a perfect marriage in terms of careers. Is I get to impact uh, student lives all day long, and to be able to go out and continue to be around the game that I love so much and that's done so much for me, and to be able to share that with our guys and and try to get to know people's stories. And again, I think the same thing holds true with the relationship piece with football. I think you try to build the relationship with with your students alike and get them to, um, you know, know that you care and that they're not alone. And in today's day and age, for as much as we are connected with our smart phones and our watches and our computers, um, I, I see kids being more isolated than ever. And uh, one of the messages we're really trying to get across to our student body is that they're not alone. And uh, we're very, very fortunate to have a lot of really outstanding young men and women in our school district. And uh, for that, I'm very proud of that. And and uh, you know, making sure that the kids know that that they're not alone. We want them to know that there there's go-to people all around them. So I, I think from the standpoint of football, having the respect of the football players carries over into the high school building, where where I think you earn or you have at least some credibility with other students and student athletes because of the relationships you have with your football guys. So I think that has an impact in the school building too uh, that goes beyond football. Not that you necessarily have a problem with this at Mannheim Township, but as you've come through your career as a head coach and you've been to other programs and played other teams at away games and seen the interaction of parents, um, what would you say and or what do you say now when you when you talk to parents of kids in your program or kids at the school, um, what do you share as a seasoned head coach and counselor and how p- parents can best be involved to support and really help grow the character of their children through sports? Wow. Wow. I mean, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> I think it goes back to what I said about the development of relationships with your players. Um, again, you have to develop the relationships with your parents and be open and approachable and I'd rather hear from them directly and try to make it a win-win solution. So I'm, I'm always talking about a win-win philosophy. Um, the other part of, of the, the parental part is that they, they all want their child to be successful and that they are the most important people in their world. And, and as a dad myself and you as a dad, you, you, we're always passionate. We're going to be blinded by you know, our own, our own kids, and we want to make sure they're protected and they're safe. And one of the, the messages I try to get across to our parents on a regular basis that it's okay to let them fail. It's okay to let them struggle. They're going to have to learn how to get up after they've been knocked down or fall down and learn a lesson from it. I always say a failure is not a failure unless you learn a lesson from it. And uh, we're trying to teach them life skills that sooner or later, I always say that moms and dads are, you know, we want you to be active. We want you to be involved. I want you to come talk to me. I'd much rather hear it directly from you than hearing it third, fourth, fifth party, because it might not come out the way you intended it. So I always try to make it a, a, a being approachable. My, my, my contact information, all the parents have it. Um, now, not everybody's going to leave very happy about everything, but you know what? You always try to take a win-win approach into any parent parental interaction and keep in the back of your mind that their son or daughter is the most important person in their world. And we're trying to help them on their journey as a team. And I always ask my parents to not offer excuses, to continue to encourage hard work and 
if they have a problem to come see me first. Teach them how to advocate for themselves. So that's the other part that we're doing a lot of in the school building and out of the school building is teaching young men and women on how to advocate for themselves and speak up. One of the number one answers they know already is no. <laughs> I mean, the worst anybody's ever going to tell you or uh, respond to you with is no. Absolutely. And if you don't ask, you're never going to know the answer to the question. So we're trying to get our young men and women to take the initiative to stand on their own two feet. Uh, and I always use the example is that mom and dad aren't always going to be there. And sooner or later, they're going to have to be able to stand on their own two feet. So I'm really passionate about trying to get our young men and women um, in our program and outside our program and in the school building and, and uh, to, to advocate for themselves and to, to know that it's okay to struggle. You know, we're so, we're so quick to, to, to not let our kids experience failure. And I think that's where the great game of football teaches so much about life and getting knocked down and figuring how you're going to get back up after you get knocked down. Was, was it Muhammad Ali that said that the true champion is uh, not worried about falling down or it's, it's, he's thinking about how he's going to get up. Absolutely. And I don't know if it's Muhammad Ali or if it was Sylvester Stallone. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, if I, maybe I have my quotes mixed up, but you get the gist of it is that, you know, it's okay to get knocked down. It's okay to skin your knee, learn from it, grow from it, get mad from it, and then get over it. And let's get moving forward. And, and the other part I always say is we have two eyes in front of our head for a reason. So we keep going forward and learn from our past mistakes, but, but don't let them define us and keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. I think failures are an important part. And I think too often what I've seen, and, uh, you know, I'm, I just turned 61. So I, I, I lived through, as a coach, a generation of parents who were very much into this social phenomenon of everybody gets a participation trophy and protecting their kids from being hurt, their feelings being hurt or being offended. And it's, we're starting to see a pendulum swing back in the other direction now, I think, fa- thankfully, where parents are realizing the value of the challenge. And, and I tell parents all the time, you know, I spent 23 years on active duty, and I can tell you without a doubt that the majority, greater than certainly greater than 50% of the life skills and lessons that I learned in football carried forward to me and contributed to my leadership development as a, a commissioned officer in the army. And there now the army certainly amplified that because it's kind of a cauldron for leadership. But the, uh, uh, the, the lessons that you learn on the football field and in conjunction with football. And for those that are fortunate to have a great coach like yourself that teach those skills, as opposed to just win, 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 it, it's, it's so beneficial. And I try and tell parents that, and, and I, fully agree with and support what you're talking about in the win-win situation because I think it's a team effort at any level in football it's a team effort or any sport as a student athlete those parents need to be involved and and I always wanted them to be involved but I wanted it to be a constructive relationship where we spoke and talked uh, if need be in private prior to bringing the child into it so that we could put our best foot forward in guiding the child in a proper way at the collegiate level, obviously, parents, even though some try to, parents can't influence the process. There's not such a thing as, you know, uh, a concern about playing time from a parental standpoint when you get into college because that it, it's about performance and contribution to putting the best foot forward for the team. But when you've had those situations at the high school level, given the level and, and the tenure you've got as a head coach, um, how do you often address that issue when a parent comes to you and says, Coach, why isn't my kid playing? Or, or what... 
I mean, are, are you willing at that point to have that hard conversation about, you know, your son is really not that good or he's not giving me the effort? I mean, is it easy to have those hard conversations when you get to the point where you are now? Well, first of all, I don't think it's an issue. Um, and, and I want parents to come in and chat with me. Um, I'm very adamant that playing time is not a discussable issue. Um, I'm also adamant that other players are not a discussable issue. I won't discuss another player with another set of parents, um, and that usually pretty much shuts the conversation down, uh, and that rarely happens. Um, I want us to keep the focus on their son and how he can improve um, what I'm seeing as far as behavior. Um, what they, I want them to approach me about is how their son's being treated, what their son can do for improvement, an honest and a fair evaluation. I don't ever pass up the opportunity to teach or to share the mission. Again, it's not always going to be 100% uh, you know, happy about everything, but I do try to make it a positive outcome. And I don't consider it an issue at all. Um, parents are passionate, and, and I want parent, uh, passionate parents because then we're going to have passionate kids. And the one thing we try to talk to our players about, you mentioned my themes. One year we talked about the word, the word get it with an exclamation point, that they have to define what it is. And I've noticed that when we've had a successful football season, that doesn't, I'm not talking about wins and losses here. I'm talking about a successful experience for the young men in our football program. It's because our parents got it and our kids got it. And when the parents get it, the kids are going to get it. And I know that I'm kind of just talking really way out there, uh, but I hope you understand what, what point I'm trying to make. And, and, again, it's an opportunity to teach across the board, not just your own players, but, but the whole entire football family. And that's the other part where we talk about our huddle as far as our players are concerned. But when we talk about our football experience as a whole, we're talking about the football family. That's our booster club people. That's our administration. That's our school building. That's our, our parents and our grandparents. And um, so I'm really passionate about this, and, and I'm, I'm, my mind is kind of all over the place. My number one thing is to make sure our kids have the best experience that I can give them. The pace of the leader determines the, the speed of the pack. And, uh, you know, I've only ever really tried to have one speed, and that's full speed, um, giving my kids a first-class experience. And, again, being approachable and being uh, having the ability to sit down and talk um, I think solves a lot of potential problems or potential issues. That's why I say I don't think it's an issue because you continue to leave an open-door policy. I first want to hear from the player. But if the player's having a tough time articulating to me what's going on, I definitely want to hear from mom or dad or both because they might be able to open the door for me to build a better relationship with their son. And that is powerful, that whole powerful piece of experience. Um, you go back to the trophy generation thing, too. One of the things we're always talking about is, you know, individual success in football is a byproduct from team success. So we always talk about the team first, you know, little Bo Schembechler, uh, the team, the team, the team. And when the team is working together, then, then there will be individual opportunities after, like going to play college football. I think we're going to have 12 of our seniors going on to the college level to play either at the Division One, Two, or Three levels this year. I'm pretty excited about that, probably my biggest number ever. Uh, and, again, I think that speaks to what kind of things we're promoting with our young men, and that's football can open some doors for them. 
the other part is about that trophy piece that I was telling you about. Don't let the fact that you didn't win an award take away from your experience. And and so often, you know, you want to reward every kid, but not everybody can get the trophy and not everybody can get the recognition. But when it's all said and done, you're going to remember the experiences that you had with your coaches, with your teammates. Um, again, the, the wins and losses will fade over time, but those relationships and experiences will never fade. And that, to me, is the most important part of our football program is making it a quality experience for everybody involved. I want to, I want to kind of capitalize on two things that you talked about that are extremely important for our listeners. And the first is, in any situation, and, and I'm currently putting the groundwork together to write a book that is based on this in terms of uh, creating margin for military and or business people to spend time with their children. And the key to that is communication at every level that you've talked about in the last 20 minutes. uh, It's been about communication, open communication with parents, with non-athlete students in the school, with the administration, with teachers, because if, if you are communicating openly and Frankly, doesn't mean you have to be mean or negative, but if you're communicating honestly and openly, you develop a an environment or a culture, which is the second thing I'm going to talk about, uh, that it enables folks to get beyond the discomfort of having a tough situation or a tough conversation. And as you said, uh, if you define the non-negotiables or the things that won't be discussed up front, then it, it allows them to understand the level of that playing field and, and where they can go with their conversation in order to get better and help their child. Uh, the second piece is, and you see this in many successful programs, and I really wanted to hit on this, and, and you may not have said it, I presume you would agree with it, even even if it grates against your humility, but the, the great programs are not necessarily always about wins and losses. When I talk to athletes now that I coached as young people or have occasion to talk to coaches who are successful athletes at all levels, the thing that they talk about is, or the the theme that you hear come up is the culture. And that's what you've built both at Elko and at Mannheim Township is a culture of winning, but not necessarily always on the scoreboard, winning in life and using football as a as a tool to help you get there and learn those important lessons that are going to, as you move into adulthood as a young student athlete, um, that are going to get you further along the way. And I think that's why so many coaches like yourself, even the young ones that get it, that open the lines of communication and focus on that culture of winning, but not just on the field or on the scoreboard, but winning in life, really it, it, it the offspring of that, the, the outcome of that, tends to translate onto the field and success on the scoreboard as well, at least in the long term. So I, I, I appreciate you bringing those up. I want to shut up and let you, uh, uh, you know, springboard off of that comment. Well, you know, you took the words out of my mouth in a lot of, in a lot of ways, John, and um, communication to me is paramount in all facets of life. Um, if you're not clearly communicating, um, you're, you're going to have more conflict. And, and conflict's not a bad thing. You know, we talk about our players all the time that, you know, through conflict comes growth, comes change. Um, you get to – so don't shy away. Don't run away from it. We want to run towards it. We want to run towards the, the, the fire, so to speak, 
uh, stealing from the Marine Corps there. Um, communication definitely is, is the key. And I really try to take time to get to know my guys' stories. You know, in the past, I might have, uh, kid, let's, kid, let's take a scenario. And one of the things we're really working on here at our school district, and, and I'm really proud to be part of it, is, is the trauma-informed practice. Uh, our kids are coming to school with varying levels of trauma that we don't even know. And we've all experienced some form of trauma in our lives and, and how we've responded to those. And they've been an integral part of who we are as, as men and women. Uh, but we're trying to be more conscious of understanding the trauma that our kids are coming to school with. They might have slept on the floor. They might not have slept in a bed. They might not have had breakfast. They might not have had anybody say they love them. They might not have had, um, you know, it, it could range from all different things. The bottom line is, is uh, for, for example, a kid shows up late. Uh, I don't necessarily, in the past, I might have yelled and ranted and raved. Now I pull them aside and say, hey, what's going on? You know, this is the third day you were late. And again, it's, it's handling and managing today's athlete. They're going to respond so much better than the in-your-face style of 20 years ago. And I think that's where the game has evolved. And I go back to what you had said about the quality of the program. Uh, do we want to win? Heck yeah, we do. Our objective, as long as we're keeping score, is to win the game. Period. I don't care how you look at it. We want to win, um, but it, but not at the expense of doing things the right way. And that starts with clear and consistent communication uh, among all stakeholders. And that trauma-informed practice, as part of Mannheim's uh, uh, school district, Mannheim Township School District, has been. Um, a growth thing for me and the, the culture piece our culture really started to change about four years ago and again where we started to lay the ground roots of what we're about in this program and building those relationships and and something changed for me personally and I think this is another springboard off the culture um, obviously you learn more from losing than you do from winning we talk to our kids about the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, you're going to get it all. I'm going to be brutally honest, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And we speak a different language in the football arena. And uh, I let the kids know that, that that's a big part of it. The piece that really helped me a lot was the comparing versus the competing mindset. And, uh, you know, you've heard growth versus fixed mindset. Sure. You've heard uh, – the benign envy versus the malicious envy that Harvard Business School has done. But the piece for me is the comparing versus the competing mindset. Instead of sit, standing on this side of the field, looking over on the other thing, saying, why is that guy getting all the calls? Or why can't I, you know, I can't, I want to be more like him. And so instead of comparing myself or comparing our programs to others, I started to focus on competing, competing from within competing my, with my, into myself and saying, you know what, I'm not going to worry about what other people are doing. i got to worry about what I'm doing. And I want to take pieces from positive uh, and successful programs and successful people. And, and when you think about football, when you think about coaching, when you think about life, you know, I, we're all borrowing something from somebody else. You know, we're, and we're building it into what we think is important. Absolutely. Uh, I always say I don't have too many original thoughts. You know, I just take stuff that I think fits what messages I'm trying to get across, and then I try to use that within my story. And that's, a, that's an integral piece of where we've grown over the last four years here at Township is getting away from that comparing mindset 
to competing. And and I think we as a as a society are caught up so often comparing ourselves to others rather than competing and saying, you know what, John Davis, I like what you're doing. I want to be more like you. What is what is it that you're doing that I can use within myself or with my team that can make my team be more like what you're doing? Instead of sitting back going uh, the malicious piece of saying, you know, trying to undercut you, trying to tear you down to make myself look better. So that whole comparing versus competing, it's allowed me to to stay grounded. Um, even at uh, 20 some years of coaching, uh, I've, I'm still learning some things. And that that whole comparing versus competing mindset could be a topic for the for a whole lesson um, for the good of the game. And that that uh, competition piece is we want them competing against one another. We want them competing against themselves. So ultimately, that competition is what makes you stronger, better. And so you can get into that arena. And I always say, let her rip, you know. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I wrote notes while you were talking because I, 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 I abs- the thought that I had when you first said that was exactly what you what you just spoke was a special episode talking about that. I, I, I loved um, Carol Dweck's book called Mindset, discussing the difference between growth and fixed mindset. And I kind of had an epiphany a couple of years ago that that moved me into a two and a half long year process now to where I, I focus on just trying to be a better version of me each day. Uh, you know, they say the old metaphor is, you know, water's really hot at 211 degrees, but at 212, it boils and produces steam and steam can move a locomotive. And it's, it's the focus that, you know, if you're standing still, you're basically digressing. I mean, if you can improve every day and focus on little wins and stack those little wins on top of each other, you can, depending on how you find, define success, you can achieve success in the short and the long term. And I love that. I, I just, I'm a man, I'm going to get passionate about that compete versus compare. I, I think it's, that is so incredibly important in the context of what I just talked about and, and, and what you spoke of in terms of framing the outlook uh, for your players and, and for that matter, for other students and for parents and everything. It's just, you, you can't control what other people do, but if you focus on, competing at the highest level within your own capabilities and your own skill sets, and then recognize your shortcomings and work hard to improve each day, you can go a long way. I do want to allow you to wrap up, Coach. I, first of all, I really, really appreciate because I know how incredibly busy you are. Thank you very much, Mark, personally and professionally. I, I love what you do and how you do it. I think that there are many coaches out there who do it well, but there are many more who could learn from your example as well as other coaches that, that pursue coaching and mentoring student athletes as well as other students in the process that you do. So um, as a parting shot, uh, I'd like in with whatever comes to mind, if you could leave, you know, a statement for parents and players to think about under the, under the perspective of for the good of the game, uh, what kind of tidbits would you summarize, whether it's a repeat of something you've said to emphasize it or something else that, uh, that you would say to consider going forward, you know, for the good of the game from a football standpoint? Well, um, I, I would start by first saying I'm very blessed. Um, thankful for the opportunity to be able to share what's been a what's been a huge role in my life for the last 35 years. Um, I'm very blessed to be able to share that with other young men and women and your audience as well. And for the opportunity to speak with you, 
uh, and that I'm, I'm very blessed and thankful for that. Uh, the one thing I would say is I don't think the football, the game of football has ever been safer. I would never think twice about my letting my children play the game again. Uh, or, or, and I hope and pray that my grandkids will have a game to play. And, and I think what, one of the things we have to do is we can't lose sight of the toughness piece that football is teaching our young, uh, our, our young men and women that are playing the game. And, 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 and I guess the last piece I would say is that it teaches a, an essential skill that we didn't even talk about, John, and that's the word grit. And that's the word grit, and that's the stuff that defined America at the turn of the 19th century and the 20th century and, and how we were tough. And, and I think we're losing sight of toughness right now across the board. And, and I think any chance we can teach perseverance skills and, and failure and, and learning how to overcome failure and teach our young people how to overcome and to teach grit and toughness and not passing up an opportunity to educate those uh, or to use those life lessons to help them become stronger men and women. Um, I would leave it with that final thought is football teaches grit and we need more people playing the game and learning its teachings. And that to me is what's going to help them become better adults. That's awesome. Well, coach, I, I can't add anything to that, that, uh, that I can think of that the exclamation point to this conversation just got placed on the page. And I really appreciate it. I want to thank you one more time for taking time out of your busy schedule. It, it, this will be a, a great episode. And, and I, and I certainly, um, am going to continue to stay in touch and, and I have a goal, uh, sometime it may not happen before the next football season, but at some point we're going to do kind of a a group session and I hope uh, to get some coaches at all levels in. And, and I just tell you now you're, you're on my short list of guys to do that because I think that there's much benefit to be learned from the mastermind effect. So I, I want to say thank you to coach Mark Evans uh, one more time. And uh, I, I appreciate best of luck with Man Manheim township football in the future. And uh, certainly you and your family and, uh, and to Tanner go army, good stuff. Uh, really happy and, and proud of him as well. So I'll say to our audience, uh, it, it just remember that there are many ways that you can impact a young person's life. And if your young person chooses to play the game of football, there are many ways you can impact their experience. But more so, no matter what you do, do it for the good of the game. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for joining us. Please be sure to save this episode to your favorites and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, remember, Whatever you do in football, do it for the good of the game.